Welcome to episode 163 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, a spotlight on Uncanny X-Men number 142. And that is an issue that came out way, way back in that far past of 1981. And it is an issue that actually is the first, quote, official Issue that's actually Uncanny X-Men Even though it had been printed on the cover For years, this is actually the first Issue that is the official Start of what would be the Uncanny X-Men as The title, kind of a weird Deal there, but before we go On into that issue Let me tell you all about Us, we are the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, as you Probably would know since you are listening To this podcast, but did you know that we're also on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics? Did you? Did you know that if you follow us, we'll follow you right back? Like we're chasing you down the street. You, you duck into an alley, we're following you. We know where you're going, and you can't escape us in that sort of way. And not as creepy as that sounds, actually. We also have a website where you can go and, and chase us down the alley. And where you'll go to find that alley is Weird Science. MarvelComics.com Where we do some reviews And some articles, things like that You know, things that websites do We also have a Patreon account And maybe what some Patreon accounts do Some don't, we do a lot of shows We do at least a show a day And we do that on the reg As the kids down at the malt shop Used to say before they were self-quarantined And if you go You'll get a lot of things A lot of things Marvel A lot of things DC A lot of things other than comics even But you'll get at least one show a day And that should be worth something I guess But you can decide what it's worth to you If you want to go and sign up At different levels If you do sign up You will not be charged right away That is something that a lot of the Patreon things do I don't like to do that mainly because then you're blindly going in and hoping that it's worth your money and worth your time. I'd rather you go check it out, listen to the shows that are there, and then decide for yourself if it's worth your time and money, something that I think people should have the opportunity to do. So if you go and sign up at any time during a month, you will not be charged when you sign up. You'll only be charged if you stay into the next month so by the first of the next month now as we're recording this may 1st if you don't like what you hear before may 1st you can just quit and you'll never be charged and when you sign up you have access to all of the shows there's over a thousand shows now so it may seem dawning but i'd rather be dawning than upset or you know feel like you're ripped off 
uh, you're daunted. Okay, so go over to the patreon.com slash weird signs and get daunted by all of the shows. And hopefully you will think that they are worth it to continue on. Ah, yes, but we're here to talk that issue, the issue that I said we were going to spotlight on Kenny X-Men number 142. It is the second part of the Days of Future Past story. It is written by Chris Claremont and John Byrne with pencils by John Byrne, inks by Terry Austin, colors by Glennis Ween, letters by Tom Orzachowski. And I'm going to go and I'm going to refer to the MarvelFandom.com wiki of this issue to give a little brief catch up of what happened and where we are at this point does a very good job something that i'm not great at so i'm gonna do this here in the present the x-men have appeared at the u.s senate to stop the brotherhood of evil mutants from assassinating senator robert kelly they have been led there by the adult mind of kate pride whose mind has been projected into the body of her young self from 30 years in the future that far far future of 2013 while in this same future where the assassination of Kelly would lead to the passage of the Mutant Registration Act and the enslavement of all mutants, the last surviving X-Men head toward the Baxter building to stop their sentinel overlords before the rest of the world attempts to nuke America. So you end up having a twofold story where Kitty, Kate Pride, has gone back into the past to stop the assassination of Senator Robert Kelly. But to do this issue and to have something for the 2013 X-Men, that far future X-Men there, they have to do something. So they are heading to the Baxter building because if they don't stop the Sentinels in the now, and in case Kitty can't change things, you end up where they're trying to pretty much wreck the Sentinels, destroy their program, at least cripple them because their base in New York is at the Baxter building because the rest of the world has had enough. And really, the Sentinel program has gone past the, we are going to take out the mutants. And it's said, uh, the mutants are taken care of. Let's move on to other superheroes. Hey, the rest of the world looks pretty cool. We Sentinels like to vacation in places like Australia. Let's take it over. You know, stuff like that. I want to go to Australia, too. I'm with the Sentinels. I'll fly with them like Johnny Sacco and his flying robot, me and the Sentinels. But yeah, they're going to go and try to take over the world. In the meantime, the world doesn't like being taken over. So they're going to nuke America and it it destroys everything. So you you get the tension on both angles there, both timelines. Also, you get a bit thrown in where the future X-Men actually start to debate, hey, uh, if Kitty does change the past, does that mean that we will change? Like all of a sudden things will be better here or... Do you think that sets up an alternate timeline? And and that's a very dismal thought of what would happen, which kind of does. But it's the idea, well, we sent Kitty back to change things, but we're screwed either way. And, And so basically, let's just fight for our right to party here in 2013, even if it's going to change or not. It, It is very dismal. It's a depressing deal. And this issue actually isn't a feel-good issue. This whole deal isn't necessarily a, hey, we go back in time and change things, and all right, we're back, and everything's fine. Let's have a party. That's not going to happen, really. This is a you know a dark and dismal tale, starting with the cover, which just says, this issue, everybody dies. And you see, you see Wolverine getting just ripped apart. He's getting blasted, which is 
pretty much a spoiler to what he ha- has happened in the issue. And you have Storm being grabbed by a sentinel. Not exactly a spoiler for exactly what happens, but still everybody dies, they say. So we're seeing this at the beginning, the twofold story with Kitty Pride in the middle. Like, oh, my God, you know, you have the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. They are attacking in the Senate building in the 1980 past. And in the 2013 future, you end up seeing the x-men led by wolverine and storm the remaining x-men running from sentinel so again it's a dismal story but we do go and start in the present of what they would be in the 1980 and it is the brotherhood versus the x-men in the senate building and throughout all this you do see you know the whole line up there you see senator kelly He's in the back. He's trying to get away as the police come in. Everybody's trying to stop. And there is a bit that I have to kind of say didn't play out as well for me in this that I wish it would have. But you get the idea that the X-Men and even Storm says it eventually and has to change the venue. But she says and they're losing. The X-Men are having problems. But it seems to be more about, you know, they're in this confined space of the Senate building. They're also trying to protect the innocent bystanders, not even just Kelly, but everybody else. But when you go through this, the art not having a lot of backgrounds, you're really concentrating. And it's cool that you have a fight. And you're going to concentrate on the action, on the characters, on Pyro, Blob, you know, fighting Colossus and Nightcrawler. And all of this is fine and dandy. But I didn't get the sense of claustrophobia that they're saying. I didn't get the sense that there was a lot of people around that needed to be protected, even though you can assume that. And even though they state that, you don't really see it. And in fact, because you don't have a lot of these backgrounds and you don't and you even have angel flying around at points i actually lost track that we were even in the senate building at one point like if you would have ended up revealing to me that they ended up falling out a window at one point that i didn't realize and they're out fighting uh i wouldn't have been shocked because i didn't get that until it said by storm hey i gotta change this we gotta get out of here we're too confined we're too much you know trying to save bystanders you don't really see that all that and and i didn't think it played out as well but i do like the fights and the fights here are going to include what you get in a lot of older issues instead of full out recap at the beginning instead of little placards instead of things like that you're gonna get the characters almost like and the, the whole fight really reminds me of like a Royal Rumble because of the fact that you have the blob and he will give you his full power set. He will keep on telling you to catch. So if you just jumped in here and didn't know the blob, boy, he's going to tell you that he is the, the, the biggest power on earth and nobody can move me unless I want to be moved. He's going to say that a lot. Pyro's going to mention when the army ends up shooting him with a flamethrower that, ha ha, why would you shoot flame at someone who can manipulate? You know, they, they yell out their powers is what they do, but it plays out pretty good because you're just going and it's, it's just a dialogue. And what they do here and what Chris Claremont is doing with this, this dialogue makes it even seem like, okay, the Brotherhood, especially when they're doing this, the Brotherhood 
they're boasting. It's it is wrestling like. It's almost like you're at Piper's pit and he's yelling at you know, look at me, I'm the blob. You can't move me. I'm the immovable object. And and it works out well that way. But it is kind of funny just the difference of how we get things a lot of times now. But really, all of it is is just a back and forth fight. For the most part of this 1980, it is a back and forth fight, and they can't let Senator Kelly died. That's basically it. To me, the more interesting things are in the far future of 2013, as you have Wolverine and the X-Men going and trying to get to the Baxter building. And Wolverine even saying at a point, yeah, I think that, you know, the the Sentinels are going to think that I'm going to go and get these X-Men to Canada. We're going to contact the Canadian resistance, all that. But we're not. We're heading right to the heart of things into the Baxter building that is being protected. And you get through this future, you know, Storm, Wolverine, Colossus, uh, Rachel, all these while they're carrying the passed out uh, Kitty Pride, Kate Pride, to get to the Baxter building and activate the secret elevator to get to the main control room and try to shut this down. And this is where... You have them fight some sentinels. You get some power things. And it's cool to see Storm take out. And she takes out a lot of the sentinels. And even then, you'll end up with these catch-up backgrounds of her talking. You know, once I was the urchin that became the goddess, the weather witch who used her mutant powers to help the local villages. I wish I was there. I wish I was that child again. I might as well wish for the moon, though. And as they're entering and she's breaking into the Baxter building. But what I like about it is... That sense of this future stinks like my what their life is. And they are. Yes, they're trying to stop the U.S. from being nuked. But through the dialogue and just the sadness that the future X-Men have, especially Storm and Colossus, this whole deal of it, it, it ends up really making you hope. That they can change this because here's the characters that you know and love in a future that they just wish for anything but this. And and it does become and then then you end up having, you know, Chris Claremont like, okay, that's good enough, but let's up the ante and have some of them die. So now you really need to change things. But in the past, in their past, in the 1980 present here for us, you end up where Kate and all the X-Men, like I said, are fighting. Kate is not going to fight. She even says the whole thing of, you know, I can't really get involved because I, I don't want to do something wrong, but I, I'm going to protect Senator Kelly. Well, in that meantime, you also have Moira and Xavier who were at the Senate meeting with Kelly. Uh, a police officer, a policewoman comes up and says, hey, you got to come with me. I, I need to get you out of this fray. We don't want you to get hurt immediately. You know that something's up. You're like, I don't know. And, and the weird part about it is that Moira and Xavier go with this one. It's Mystique. She's setting a trap so that she can just get them and knock them out. Uh, and at the last second, Xavier's like, wait a second. I sent some force field around this. Why didn't he notice this right away? And in the in my mind of Xavier, yeah, you can read somebody's mind and maybe they can manipulate their memory. Maybe they can do something so that you get it wrong. But the minute that Xavier it goes to somebody that is 
blocking that with a with some sort of force. You gotta just start swinging. You gotta start, you know, fighting it out. But he waits till the last second and gets gassed. And then you do see that it was Mystique. And and the best is Mystique is like doing the villain 101 that always happens. But every time it ends up making not mad. It doesn't. And I don't chuckle. I just shake my head. I roll my eyes with the. You are the most dangerous foe, Xavier. I should kill you while I have the chance. But for the moment, I think you're going to be more of use as a potential hostage, which never happens. <laughs> Please, if any of you out there goes to be a supervillain to fight anybody, X-Men, Superman, Batman, and if you have them knocked out and you can kill them, do it. Please, just do it. You're a supervillain. That's your thing. You don't have to pull back. And really, don't worry about the next issue of the comic that you're suddenly finding yourself in because they'll still find a way for that hero to come back. But at least you can say you did your best. At least when you have Xavier resurrected and he comes to defeat you, you can say, well, I gave it my best shot. I gave it the old college try. Okay, everything else was out of my hands. When he comes back later, you're only to blaming yourself now. Oh, I should have done it. And, and, you know, shoulda, coulda. That's the worst. That's the worst way to live. And all these villains, that's why I think they're so mad. They're living the shoulda, coulda life. Nobody wants to hashtag shoulda, coulda life. I don't want that, even though that's kind of what everybody leads. But you also have Destiny with Mystique. And through this whole thing, Mystique has been asking Destiny, hey, Destiny. What's up? What's going on in the future? You know, that's the only reason you're here is to tell me what is going on in the future. So I know we're doing the right plan. And then Destiny's like, well, I'm not sure. Things are jumbled up. Uh, There's an anomaly around and it's striking into the heart of the time stream. So as long as that exists, nothing's certain. So basically what Destiny's saying is, listen, I don't know anything and it's my only job. You have one job and I can't do it. So it's not my fault, though. So please don't kick me out. I like the club. I I paid my dues and I mean money, not paying dues to get there. I I paid my entrance fee and, you know, I kind of like you guys hanging around and stuff. So please don't kick me out, even though I have no use right now because there's an anomaly that's messing things up. And it does, obviously. It is Kitty Pride, Kate Pride, who ends up confronting Destiny by the end. And then at the end, Destiny, oh, it was you all alone, but it didn't matter. And most of the time, Destiny's uh, abilities and things going on here seem to just be based like, hey, should we turn left or right? No, well, I think you should turn left. And then I, I, I guarantee they turn left, they get in a car accident. Oh, man, what happened? It was an anomaly. You know, the pole there and and the fact that I went down the wrong way in a one-way street, that's the anomaly. I couldn't tell. It was fuzzy. But, yeah, she can't tell what's going on. It's all Cape Pride. And you're going to have to, you know, go with that. And as this battle, it's it's just, again, it's an extended battle with a lot of things thrown in there. Like, hey, the blob, while he had time on his own, He was able to figure out that not only is he an immovable force, but he also can change his mass to be, you know, something real heavy and knock on, you know, bash somebody. And so you get this going on and it's pretty much tip for tap between the Brotherhood and the X-Men until the army gets involved. And the army would get involved, I would think. You have the Senate building pretty much being under a mutant attack. And when the army shows up, 
it's very well done in one or two little lines where the army shows up with a Shaw Industries, you know, big cannon type deal that seems to be almost like the repulsor rays of Iron Man, that sort of thing. And so they're going to go and attack. But who's the good and the bad mutants? One guy's like, nah, mutants, mutants, we'll, we'll let it go. We'll, we'll rinse it out and get it out in the wash here. We'll figure out later as we pick up the pieces. Just shoot at them. If you see a group of them fighting there, just shoot. Somebody will get hit, and then we'll work it out later. And that's what they do. But at this point, they're able to do that because that's when Storm said, eh, we're, we're too confined spaces, too many people that we're protecting. I didn't see it, but they get, she blasts them out of the Senate building. Now they're in the mall area of the Capitol. So they're all fighting out of doors. The army then can show up and attack. Now, at this point, you did have the blob just basically boasting, yelling out his power set, telling Colossus exactly what he's going to do. Colossus has been able to dodge, you know, the blob blob. He's big, not so fast. And so you have that. Well, the army shoots this repulsor ray And it misses the blob, hits Colossus. Colossus gets knocked back. And it does say the repulsor ray strikes to deadly effect. Not really, but you could go with that. And then that's where I said the army then attacks Pyro with with a flamethrower. Of all the weapons that they have at their disposal, they hit a repulsor ray out of a cannon and then just show up with flamethrowers i've never seen the army footage of shoot the you know the tank shoots then you just get all these guys with the flamethrowers and of course it leads right in the pyro making a giant flame monster that's going to attack the army and what makes me smile there how john byrne drew it it looks like little army men that are getting attacked and i like the army men thank god that minesweeper guy isn't there because he's the most worthless Little, you know, green army man ever. I hate that guy. I do like the guy, the rifle guy who's crawling like he's going underneath, you know, things. He, he's going underneath the barbed wire because then that guy flies too. Yay wee! He's flying around with this thing. But you go then and uh, Angel has to do something. What Angel does now is say, oh, no, the, the flame monster is going to attack. And the flame monster to me looks pretty cute. He's kind of uh, cute there. And he ends up saying, I got to distract the flame monster, get Pyro's attention so that he doesn't attack the army men because army men, they, they end up melting. You know, like Sid in the backyard, he's melting the army men. That That's what happens. And, and then this, they're real people and they'll die. So he ends up saying, okay, I got to distract. He does distract Pyro so that these army men don't get attacked. But instead, then the shifting per se, it's Pyro. Well, there, oh, Angel, oh, well, there's Wolverine. Let me attack him. Wolverine is at that point trying to fight Blob, trying to slice him. Uh, and even said the blob, yeah, you don't think you can be moved, but I think that I can slice the hell out of you and goes to do it. Blob has picked up a piece of the macadam as a shield. Um, but you have this big pyro fire monster then grab Wolverine, pretty much grab him in a fist of fire. Don't know how it picks him up that way, you know, fire. But it does burn Wolverine. But that is stopped by Storm. And through the Storm is the new leader of the X-Men because Scott Cyclops has quit at this point. He has taken a, a hiatus, a sabbatical, and maybe went to Australia. Who knows? But you end up having Storm through this whole, I gotta, I gotta 
do this. I'm the new leader. I got to, you know, be better. Xavier made me the leader and I'm really fumbling this up. We're not winning. We're causing all this problem. And, and you do have, you know, Wolverine going then and, and gets saved by Storm. And like before, at one point, you did have Wolverine claws drawn in the Senate building earlier in the issue where he's just going to slice and dice people. And you do have the other X-Men, Storm, Angel, they, they stop him and say, you can't kill anybody because I know they're bad and you're trying to protect the center. But if we end up killing, all they're going to say is, look at this mutant, go crazy and kill. Even if it's another mutant, that will be a reason for them to hate the mutants. Don't do it. And this is where Storm then says as well, you can't draw the claws. Unpop the claws, buddy. Because you, you can't have them out. You can't just go around willy-nilly killing. You can't go in a rage. Just fight people. Try to do that without the claws. Wolverine finally says, all right, I'll, I'll try. You are the leader right now. I don't agree. We'll talk about this later, but I won't do it. But the reason why he did pop them is because you ended up having Nightcrawler helping Wolverine. And then another Nightcrawler shows up. Now, we know it's Mystique. There's no way you don't know. But... They get tangled up into each other, and you can't tell which is which. You don't know which is Nightcrawler and which is the imposter mystique. And what Wolverine, his plan, this great plan is, I am going to pop the claws, and I'm going to come at you. One fist for the one mystique, one uh, Nightcrawler, I almost said mystique, but one for Nightcrawler, the other for the other Nightcrawler. And the one that's the real Nightcrawler will be able to teleport away, so he'll live. The other one will die. I'll just kill whoever this imposter is. Storm says no. Again, it's that whole deal. You can't kill people because this will be seen by others. This will be seen by the humans, and they will know that we're just, or they will say, we're just going to kill everybody, and this will not solve any problems. You end up having Colossus take care of Blob, and I like how, now we're at the point where we have to take care of the Brotherhood. We have to get them out of the picture. And what you pretty much do with the blob is get a steel girder, place it on Wolverine, and make an impromptu seesaw. But instead of like the, the big gag on the seesaw when you're a kid, as you're on the seesaw, you wait till the guy's on the very top, you know, way up, and then you jump off, and then he falls and then hits. And if he's a boy, it hurts in a very special way. This is the seesaw of... Yeah, blob there, and they're just going to ba-boom, hit it, so it launches the blob in the air. Now, the whole deal of this is so funny because they've been fighting the blob the whole time. The blob says, you can't move me, you can't move me, I, I only want to go where I go and, and whatnot. And what they do to defeat him is launch him in the air, and then Colossus punches him into Avalanche, which then ends up pretty much taking them both all out of the game. They could just get up, and start, but, but they don't. They're done. So that took care of them. Then you get Storm over to attack Pyro. And what else to get Pyro done is you start a monsoon right there, a localized monsoon that then just it puts Pyro out. He's done. And it's like boom, boom, boom. You have this fight for two issues, mainly this issue, though, the full fight. But you have it all of these panels and pages, and they're just taken out by launching an air and punching, even though Colossus has been punching the crap out of the blob since they met. Uh, and Avalanche, he, he does get hit. He'd be squashed. I, I can get that. Pyro, you, you get water on him. I mean, he can go and just start another flame, but he's done. And you end up having 
Mystique be taken out kind of when Kurt ends up punching her. You see that she transforms back into Mystique. And this is a big moment for Kurt, who says, wait a second. You look just like me. I thought I was the only one. You, you kind of resemble me. And Mystique's like, yeah, yeah. Go ask your mother about it. And then goes off, disappears. And they don't see. It ends up turning out that she is Nightcrawler's mom. So you end up having that where Angel comes in. Come on, Kurt. we got to get out of here. Kurt's yelling, no, no. We have to take Mystique. She has answers. I need the truth. They have to get out of there. Mystique turns and then just disappears into the crowd. Uh, but yeah, everything's going on. They're all rushing to, you know, pretty much get away from the police and the army now. And and but they realize, wait a minute, where's Kitty? Where's Sprite? We can't leave her behind. And you do have Kurt say, well, she's probably protecting Senator Kelly. And Storm's like, oh, of course, oh no, we better go find her. And then we go back to 2013, where the X Men have gotten up to the main control center and you end up it is storm wolverine and colossus you have rachel in the street below still holding and somewhat protecting the future kate pride that is passed out with her memory and mind back in uh, 1980 so you go and they get to this main control room and Wolverine, he's they're gonna go to classics. You know, this is the deal. They're gonna take down this huge sentinel, and it's an Omega series. So Wolverine recognizes this, says, All right, this is the big time. This is the show. And when you get to the show, let's do what got us here. Fastball special, buddy. And Colossus picks him up, throws him. The Sentinel turns around and fries the crap out of Wolverine. And and one of the most uh, it, 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 you don't see it fully, but you do see his armor. It's just the adamantium left. It just plops down. And what little it, it looks like a Terminator inside just plops down. He's dead. You end up having Storm freak out, yells, you know, we'll never surrender, ends up frying that Sentinel. But tons of Sentinels just arrived. They they were setting them up. They let them go. Now, I don't know why you'd let them go all the way up there, even when they were in the elevator. And the elevator was in a cool deal, activated by Wolverine's belt buckle. That ended up having an infrared field to operate this secret elevator that the Fantastic Four had in the Baxter building. You even have storms like, ah, you nervous there, Storm? No, no, I just don't like confined places. Plus, this elevator, it seems like it's like a death trap. It could really be... Well, it was later, but you could have just had the Sentinels just cut the deal and, you know, they would have died. Or at least you could have then fried them. But Colossus attacks, Storm attacks, Storm gets killed. She gets this big javelin type thing thrown through her body. Colossus goes nuts. He goes in a rage. While all this is going on, you do have Rachel down below in the street with Kate Pride's body, and she's sensing all of this going on. She can tell when everybody's dying. She is, you know, in tune. Even says at the one point, I've seen and witnessed so many people and experienced their deaths so much that I should be used to it. But why do I, you know, why am I so afraid of my own death? But in a way, it's a kind of cool scene how it plays out with Colossus, though, because you see Colossus is in a rage. Storm, his best friend, has died. And he is going to go nuts. And you see a sentinel just getting knocked out of the building, just punched, boom, out the building. And the fight rages on as you go down to street level. And while Rachel is giving you this, you know, inner monologue, she's like, yeah, uh, you know, that's it. I can sense that 
uh, Colossus, he's really mad, and now he's dead. That's how it goes. He's dead. So you go back to 1980, and now you're at a point where you need this future to never happen. Now it's getting really, really bad. It was bad before, but now your favorite character, they're all dying. Now, Wolverine's dead. He'll be resurrected. This Wolverine and this alternate, he'll be resurrected a couple times later anyway. But you end up going back to 1980 where you do have Kitty sneaking and sees that Destiny with a crossbow. She's going old school. She's going to kill Senator Kelly with a crossbow and, and spells out again her abilities, saying, Listen, I can shoot you and I can see the future. So if you decide to jump to the left, I'll know that and I'll react. Now, the thing is, she is blind too. So that's not put into the deal, but she can tell where you're going to go. She laughs about it. She goes to shoot him and Kitty jumps into that, ends up phasing through. Destiny and at the last second, you know, getting uh, her form back and, and butting her in the arm so that the crossbow misses Kelly. And then all of a sudden she gets all wonky and her mind goes back to the future. And she says right before that, and she's not sure what happens. She's not aware of this happening. Remember, she was in the danger room at that point when all of a sudden the mind jumped in. But as her mind is leaving, she gives her younger self a little smooch. She kisses her on the cheek to make sure she's okay. So Kitty wakes up. Well, I thought I was in the danger room. You end up having, at this point now, Destiny is knocked out. You see Mystique looking from the shadows. Oh, they got Destiny as well. But I'll get you out of that jail. You know, nobody in the Brotherhood will remain in jail. I suggest you you probably keep Blob there. <laughs> Don't get him out. Let him let him rot in jail. But that's where the X-Men are leaving. You have Senator Kelly say, oh, thank you. Thank God. Hey, Xavier, you're still okay, Moira. All right. Peace out. They leave. Uh, and you think, okay, that might have changed the future. That's pretty cool. Uh, and they're discussing this and kind of filling in Kitty of what happened because she wasn't there. She, her older self's mind was taking over. And they wonder, I wonder if the future has changed. And Angel asks, hey, uh, we saved Senator Kelly. Kitty's mind's returned to her buddy. D- do you think we changed the future, Xavier? And he's like, well, time will tell. A- and I think that everybody's like, I- I'm going to punch you right in the face. At one point, you even have Kitty say, you read my mind of the future. Like, how is it? D- do I turn out okay? Well, the future Cape Pride was pretty cool, just like you. But I'm not telling anything else. You're like, all right. Well, it is a it is a pretty dark future. And and one of the big things about this was kind of it, it never clicked with me. The idea that when Kate was going back in time, her mind was going back in time, you did have Colossus going up. They're married in the future. And uh, I don't know if I want to change the future because then we won't fall. That doesn't necessarily mean that. I mean, they did end up falling in love. This is not, like I said, a very special. That's just, you know, falling in love. I think they still will. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, But, yeah, you want to know, did the future change? We're not going to go to the future to see that. It's not one of those cliches where we go, and in the future you end up having Kitty and Colossus with their three kids, and they're high-fiving, and everybody's going on, and there's Wolverine at that point. He He's an ice hockey player. He's playing for the Canadians, you know, something like that. Instead, you're going to see that things are going to go forward in a different way, but just as bad. It almost ends up being... 
the, hey, I'm going to go back and kill Hitler as a baby, but then Super Hitler comes in because you do end up having Senator Kelly with his report. His report ends up being, and I, and I really hate the idea that he's like, hey, Xavier, hey, Moira, peace out. You know, I'm so glad you're okay. Everything's sorted out. Bye-bye. Hey, see you later. All right, they're out. Let me start writing the report. These mutants stink. And he basically says, if there were no mutants, because the president says, wait a second. And it's like President Reagan, but he's in the shadows. They're not necessarily showing him. Uh, You know, hey, uh, Kelly, this is weird because you were saved by the mutants. Why are you so you're still upset about them? Uh, And he's well, if there were no mutants at all, then I would have never needed to be saved. You see where I'm going here? And, And even when they're leaving, Storm says to Kelly, listen. We're not all bad. We're we're like everybody else. Everybody has good and bad. Uh, We're the good. Don't lump us in with the bad. He did it anyway. He didn't listen. He's a hateful man. So he writes the report. Oh, mutants stink. They're the worst. We're going to have to do something. And now let's get Shaw. Let's get Sebastian Shaw involved. And the president does agree to start Project Wide Awake. That is where you get Henry Peter Gritch involved, and this is going to be a Sentinel program. You're going to have Shaw involved with designing it. It's all going to go down anyway. It's just going to be a different, and it's one, is there a way to change the future? There is that kind of thing. You know, sometimes the future can't be changed. It's just going to go a different path, but end up somewhat like it. But hopefully they can stop it, and hopefully with this, you have Xavier, who did end up scanning. And reading the older Kate's mind when she he, she was in her younger body. And that would be something where he could try to figure out ways to stop things in the, you know, as they go and maybe change things. Maybe like making an island and, and the island where the mutants can live and then they can have eggs that they come back and resurrect. I don't know. That, that'd be crazy, right? But yeah, that's the end of that story. And yeah, it ends... Not on a, you know, happy note, an ominous note, but that's kind of the stuff I like. I like the stuff that seems more realistic than the Hollywood happy ending. So it's good. I like the first issue better than the second. At a point, you are just kind of saying, let's get on with it. You know, Blob versus Colossus, it's fine, but I, I don't need this many pages of it and all that. And Pyro telling us how he can turn, you know, fire to his own will I've seen this, all these pages, but it's good. Uh, I'm going to give this second issue, though, a 7.5. And overall, I'll give the whole thing an 8. It, it's it's good. I actually am not, I can't say disappointed, but I guess I can say disappointed. I thought it was going to be a lot better than what it was. I was thinking it's going to be a 9.95 type story, but I'm around an 8 overall. It's good. Not completely as great as I thought, but... That's what happens. And that's just me. I'm sure that a lot of people love it and think it's the greatest thing. And that's cool for them. And they probably have different reasons. I mean, when we do the comics and we do reviews, just as an aside, there's things that you bring into the issue that only you have. Experiences you had in your past, things that you have read in the past, stuff like that. Nobody's going to be the same. So when I like something, I may like something because there's a moment that reminds me of when I was raising my kids. And that's going to elevate the issue. You didn't raise my kids. I, I They probably wish you did, but you didn't. So that is going to be different. And that's what I love about comics. There's always a comic that is for somebody. There's always somebody's favorite, but that favorite can be somebody's 
least favorite, but that doesn't mean that they have to fight about it. That's just how you're going into it, what you expect. And that's the other thing. Expectations are a huge thing as well. And when we do these podcasts and these reviews, it is just our honest one guy opinion. So don't just get I, I, all I'm saying. I don't want to get yelled at is what I'm talking about, because I said that it's not as great as I thought, because I guess maybe my expectations as well, you know, made me want more from it. But hey, there you go. But then you go to the other spotlight that I do, the Daredevil. And that is, you know, 10 trillion times better than I ever imagined. And that's the fun of it. That's when you when you actually go to something and, and something that's been hyped to you for years and you finally go to it and say, it's better. I mean, the, the hype actually, you didn't hype it enough. It's better. And so that's what I like about all this. That's why we have a podcast. That's why I hope that people enjoy listening, have a little fun, have a little chuckle, stuff like that. But just to remind you all, after that little PSA on reviews, which I, I tend to do only when I'm afraid I'm going to get yelled at. So get used to that because I am always afraid of getting yelled at there. Again, I bring that to the table from my upbringing where my father only talked to me when he yelled at me. That's that's an aside there. Told me he loved me one time. He was drunk. Now I'm getting to the sad sack stories here. But you can go and follow us on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. We'll follow you back. You can go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we have reviews and stories and, and pictures and stuff and, you know, stuff like that. And you can go to our Patreon account, Patreon.com slash WeirdScience, where we talk about tons of shows, tons of books, tons of things like this X-Men book or, you know, a lot of shows like the spotlights that I do. In different themes, we have a Silver Age podcast, we have a Back Issues, we have a podcast I do, the Best Worst Comics. Brandon does a show that is things that, like, comics that make no damn sense that ever came about, the Why Though show. I kind of wanted, I came up with the name kind of like, you end up having the What Ifs, this is the Why Though because you don't know who ever greenlit these things that he just started that that's a very fun podcast stuff to have fun stuff to go through older issues not uh, not as a way to like look at me i'm gonna show you what i'm so good at and and these are this it's going through the issues like you're sitting there with a friend reading them and and listening to our reactions and things like that but go over and check it out at patreon.com slash weird science getting sentimental this afternoon i don't know why but Thanks, everybody. Thanks for everything, and thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want to review it on iTunes, I saw that recently. If you are listening to it on Pod Addict, Podcast Addict, uh, they end up having their own review system now that not just the iTunes reviews, but you can end up doing it. And I only realized it because my app updated and somebody actually had left us a nice review. And I was very happy. I thought that's pretty cool. And that gets me inspired as well. So at least, you know, somebody's out there listening and they enjoy what you do. But I'm not going to ran. I always ramble at the end. Okay, that's it. That is it. Thanks, everybody. Look for my X-Men recap show to drop in the next day or so. And then me and Brandon back on Tuesday with our main podcast. So thanks, everybody, and I'll talk to you later.